Hello. Hello. You have the eyelash on your... It's going to distract me. Do you want me to get it? Mm-hmm. All right. Don't want to distract you. Any... <laughs> could be anything. It's true. It only takes a shiny object. All right. So what do we got today? So we're going to broach a topic that... Um, We've been talking about for a while and haven't put it out there into the into the world. Writing about it would be we would it would be way too long. Podcast about it, we've covered other things. And it's best served in like a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um and so I guess, yeah, now it's just like we talk about mental health. I think I think that's, you know, obviously that's always been what how between the, what between the years has served. Um, we might have known that less in previous times, but like it's very clear that's what it's doing. Um, that's the work that it's doing, and you know, mental fitness, so to speak, isn't just it's it. You know, working on your mental health doesn't mean you have some you know clinical diagnosis that you you have a problem. Right. It's the same thing with your fitness. Like you don't have to have a broken leg to work on your fitness. Right. You just whatever. So the topic. This concept um, that's kind of near and dear to my heart is this notion of the the athlete's mind and how it is often something that's revered and looked up to and esteemed and you know promoted by mm-hmm. many consultants, by many leadership coaches. Yeah. Look at a this lot is of a them. model to aspire to. Yeah, this is you look people. at how yeah exactly, and you look at like learning lessons from athletes, oftentimes that were athletes but weren't coaching mm-hmm. um people coming out of the military so you know special operations big one with that you know it's all of the an athlete so just to define that term not just sport like the term athlete as you're referring right. to it's more like high performer sure like sports fitness athlete military athlete someone who is um, really, and you used the word obsessed before, but like they are very focused in their pursuits. Yeah, they're focused. Driven. It is an obsession. Sacrifice is, frankly, expected and demanded. Um, competition is never over. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like all consuming. Yeah, it this is all one, consuming. This yeah. one dimension. Right. And the outcome is cut and dry. You win or you lost. Right. Um, and so the an, an athlete knows that, mm-hmm. subscribes to that. Actually, they don't always know that. And that's kind of why I, why I feel strongly about this. Because the, the, the curse of the athlete's mind is something that we need to demystify. And we need to say, look, this is an actual real problem. And Meaning we're... We're recommending, like, we're touting this, but we have to identify some of the pitfalls and not just be pushing people in this direction. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to, if you're going to refer to athletes, then you need to refer to the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of the pros and the cons and have a no bullshit conversation about it. And as an athlete, my entire life playing at the highest levels of, you know, soccer at the time into college transitioning that into special forces 
there's a whole dark side to being a high-performing athlete or mm-hmm. aspiring to be a high-performing athlete um, that nobody sees. And the reason they don't see it is because people only look at athletes when they're under the lights at the game. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. Sure, a little bit of training or, or, or practice or you know different kinds of things. You don't only see the game. But nobody sees them before or after nobody sees them in the off season nobody sees them when the when 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 they're no when they have to hang up their boots Mm -hmm. and like over the winter when spring i don't even remember when it was when we watched the michael jordan series like it was really interesting because i didn't obviously look up to michael jordan like you did yeah he was like a major what would you call him for me, yeah, he was a he was a he was a god, right? Like I an mean, icon, he was a hero, yeah. an icon, yeah, for but, sure. But you know, one of the things you did mention was just the lack of people being identi- being able to identify him as like a human, like you know, because people only see what they want to see in these athletes, and that includes all the positives, all the accolades, all the mm-hmm. shining lights, and not the other. And I think that's an interesting sort of selective thing because that serves people in them being able to say you know, oh, I'm going to follow that sort of, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Not program, but like, that's that model I'm going to follow. Mm-hmm. So, but so, so you're, this is kind of part two, really, of the podcast we did before about sort of pulling back a little bit of the, you know, honesty on what's really going on with this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, so if you, if you look at, like, Michael Jordan as an example, you'd be like, oh, well, he worked really hard, he, you know, got cut from the team, whatever, all of the kind of stories everybody knows, and that's about as deep as it goes. Mm-hmm. What I think that that documentary did an awesome job of was showing, like, he was a motherfucker to people, mm-hmm. and because he knew what was required, and now he may have taken it to an extreme, but I'll tell you, like... Anybody who's ever been on a high-performance team knows that there are those still at the tip of the spear. There's still the tip of the spear within that. And there are people who push and push and push. And that's how they facilitate success or championships or, or whatever it might be. But, like, it's not all glamour. And there's a, there is a darkness to it. And in many ways, that's something that I don't think we're actually talking about. Uh, from 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 a personality standpoint, that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. But your issue really is one, or not issue, but what you're highlighting is one. Just as an athlete yourself, you obviously had that experience of having the, the quote unquote dark side. But two, also that people can't really just be selective in like how, as a culture, we look to that model. Like I'm saying, to like mm-hmm. follow, because I wasn't a high performing athlete. But I think, like, you look at something like CrossFit, and I know that's not, like, the main topic here, but um, that is an example of, you know, kind of a one-to-one, like, people trying to aspire to that type of, I'm going to be like Matt Frazier, Tia Claire Toomey, and sort of the pitfalls of that because we're not seeing the whole picture. Well, and the, yes, and what, what I think people are missing, and... I think it's innocent. It comes from innocence. And, and that's a fundamental belief that it's not like people aren't bad people. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know. And people are looking, let's just say, for CrossFitters. 
people are looking at Matt Fraser, Tia Claire, Rich Froning, whomever. Mm-hmm. And they are just trying to mimic what they do. That's it. They're mimicking what Matt does, what Rich does, blah, blah, blah. How they eat, how many times they work out, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just what they do. Yeah. They are not mimicking who that person is. Right. If who that person was is what the people who idolize these athletes, like, if, if that's what they're doing, that would be very sobering. And then they would just realize, they would realize just how different they really are. Mm -hmm. Because you can mimic, you can kind of photocopy what people do. Right. And just chalk it up to, well, yeah, I'm at this level, they're at that level. But it's like, you completely skip over who that person is. And I think... Which is, I mean, it seems so obvious to say, that's more about how they're getting to that point. Of course it is. Not just the Of course it is. But we all just take the 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 actions or the the what and think if we just put that on then that will make us more into the who which well, is absurd yeah it, it's like and again it's fine people it's it's an innocent thing and sometimes it's just a function of not thinking so deeply or mm-hmm. not having people who were at these high levels but like we replicate the external and in doing so completely miss the internal and the internal is what makes these athletes fucking incredible it's not the external so for example though so like what would you say is like a positive so in your experience you as a who because this is kind of like people will reference often like your military experience and we've you've been very honest like who you are is not because of your military experience no so but there's got to be there is something people can take away like of your who that someone could learn from so we kind of have it backwards like for example like people can't look at what you did like okay so you have a list of everything you did for the five years you're in the military Mm -hmm. and what we're saying is like someone could go do all those things and they're not going to come out with you the benefits of who you were what you've learned all that stuff so what are the things that people could benefit from like what is the who then because obviously there's something to glean from people who are high performers high like high performing athletes so what are you saying would be a positive for people to when you embrace the athlete's mind and you recognize that you're volunteering to pursue something that means declining a lot of other things there's an element of sacrifice mm-hmm. for dedication. And I think that is, I think that's something that is valuable for everybody. There's obviously hard work and consistency, adversity, tenacity, perseverance, grit, all of those kind of buzzwords. And you get to, you get to validate that. Um, there's learning how to be a fucking team player if you're on a team sport. And, like, you better believe it. That's, that's it. There's humility if you have the benefit of having someone better than you. There's, there, there's humility. If you're the best player on the field, there's also that element of, like, you need to find a new field. There is also that component of... There's an opportunity to handle loss and things that are outside of your control. 
through sport mm-hmm. and learn about that. And, and, and you really have to accept it. So there's a ton of value, obviously. And those lessons are things that can be applied to not just the athletic field, but, you know, whatever yeah, business pursuits right. you're doing in life, too. So, you know, of course there are things. And those are, those are all who things. Mm-hmm. Because the what is you lost. The who is, can you handle that with some, some dignity? Mm-hmm. Can you accept your responsibility? Can you say, can you look at your teammates in the eye and say, we lost this game because at a critical moment, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. I remember vividly when I was in college, I think it was my senior, sophomore, junior year. Um, we were down the road, big game, night game, big, big crowd. And uh, I think we were up or tied. doesn't matter. And... Um, Ball ball was up in the air, and I was, like, pretty good. I had confidence, this and that. There was, like, less than a minute or something, and instead of just, like, heading it or clearing it out and just basically sealing the game, I decided to bring it down because I could do that. Like, the ball mm-hmm. was, like, kind of like Velcro. So brought it down. I, like, tripped. I, I got lazy, whatever. Somebody, it was a battle then for the ball. They wound up, I wound up giving it over. They went down the field and, like, scored. And... I was like, I had to tell my team, like, we did not win this game. I think we wound up tying. Mm -hmm. We didn't win this game because I fucked up. And that sucked, especially when you're, you know, quote unquote, one of the best players on the team and blah, blah, blah. Um, But you know what? Like, everybody looked and they're like, it's all right, man. Like, we all, hey, it's it's all good. And And they supported that. So, you know, there's a lot of positives that come from. Yeah. Which is why it's so great for kids. But again, we have to talk about the other side. Mm-hmm. And the curse of the athlete's mind is really what has me, has had me, um, I've thought, I've been thinking about it a lot, you know, obviously more on the individual level with people digging into it more. And there's the darkness that comes about uh, when, when you are at that level and when that is what you volunteer to do. And, yeah, so that is really like getting into that a little bit more um kind of in a nutshell from at least my observation what it is is like nothing is ever good enough or like there's always this i mean how would you describe that what is because we we've talked to many people who were former athletes who and that mindset you don't just kind of put away that mindset or that who when you as you say like hang up your boots or that game is over yeah. So then it trickles into life, to your other pursuits. And like, how would you describe that curse in your own experience, like now? Yeah. In my own experience, 100%, nothing is ever good enough. Ever. And the fear is that if you accept something as being good enough, you're getting complacent. And the person with a different color jersey is going to be better than you. So... You could, there's always room for improvement. Right. And Which so, is, and that's one of those things, like always having room for improvement is something that we look at as like a positive. Yeah, of course. But not to the point where it's just an endless pit that's almost self-deprecating. It, there's, it's a yin and a yang. And there's so many positives that come out of, come out of athletics mm-hmm. and sport and being on a team and having coaches. If you're fortunate to have them, mm-hmm. sadly, more people have dog shit coaches than real coaches. 
They have people who put people in, manage the clock, and yell mm-hmm. the win. Thanks. You did absolutely nothing. So, but there's that, but there's still then the victory and the joy and the, the nostalgia and the remembrance of, oh man, remember that? Like, and there's kids who, you know, they never excel, go past high school. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they don't care greatly about their athletic performance in high school. That's still something they refer back to. And mm-hmm. in many ways, it's probably something that they can look back to and say, yeah, well, you know what? Like, I remember my junior year, our, we had a coach and we just, and he was so pissed at us. He ran us until we threw up and going into this busy season or going into this year end, I kind of channeled that kid again. And, I, and we got mm-hmm. through and we rallied together. It's like, right on. Like, yeah, like you, you, you found that, that, like that, that you can very, you don't have to look very far to see that. Mm-hmm. The flip side to it though, is all, is also the same part of punishment of not, ever you know being good enough mm-hmm. um there's just a lack of acceptance there's such a lack of acceptance right. and worth it challenges your worth every kid who played a sport knows once you got to a certain level and it wasn't really all that high but basically once you understood like really how the game worked mm-hmm. versus babysitting the kids who thought they were the shit everybody hated them but it's like and I get it. There's cocky kids and there's ego and there's, oh, that kid thinks they're so good. And, 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 and yeah, that sure does exist. But like there's this celebration and this reverence for never being like never accepting good enough. You can be the best player on the team. Still not good enough. Mm-hmm. Still not. Still, and, and, and it's just your worth. You never actually accept your worth. And, um, you know, you fast forward or you go to the biggest things. I mean, LeBron James just signed a two-year, 80-something million dollar deal. Like, mm-hmm. you ask some people, like, at what point? Like, and that obviously gets to a whole separate level. But, um, yeah, in my experience, one of the things that still plagues me, and, and I mean, it's going to take a long time, but it's because it's been 20-something years of that, never being good enough. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> I mean... I think that's why you, as we started this, like talking about like the athlete's mind, you know, just so that anybody listening, like I, in my experience, I wasn't an athlete to the degree you were whatsoever, but I think you can have that same mindset and, and not to pick on it. Cause I know, but like for me, like the most athletic I was, was like in CrossFit. Yeah. Like that was like, for me, like, wow. Okay. You know. Yeah, you reached a level as an individual that many people said they wanted to, Mm -hmm. but you actually did it and you dedicated and you trained and you got coaching and you, you know, willingly put yourself through experiences that were not easy that, you know, you did the inconvenient thing. You know, everybody likes to talk about doing the inconvenient thing and it's like, well, just talk unless it happens. And, you know, the... Yeah. Yeah. And and the trick with that, and I think there's a lot of ex athletes, one of the things that's tricky about CrossFit is it as we know, it there's a people come to it like who were former athletes, high mm-hmm. school, college, and this is this like, wow, I haven't felt like this since then. And that's a positive. However, there's a little bit of like a trap in that if we're not careful. And that's not just CrossFit, but like it can quickly turn into um, that like not good enough 
there's always a place to improve. Yeah. And especially in CrossFit because there's so much numbers and data. Yeah. It is right there all the time. And we know people, clients who've had that experience. Yeah. And it's this really tough thing because in one on one side, there is a positive course to fitness and there's joy that comes from that. But on the other side, it becomes very much this self-imprisonment mm-hmm. of just kind of it's got to be better and it's better and it's better. And, you know, even from a general population place, like most of what people hear when they come to a CrossFit gym is like, and the attitude is like always improving, always improving. And I think that's where as a society, to your point, like that, that isn't something we probably want to, there's a fine line there. I think it's interesting to look at how, if you were to tell people, yeah, you know what we do? We partner with people to have them content, to find contentment in their fitness. That it would be like, now nah, maybe right. this is a judgment, but it's like, that'd be like, like that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, where's the hard shit? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's so funny about that is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's you could be content. Like I'm content and I'm getting fitter. Mm-hmm. You're content and you're getting fitter. This is nothing about, about improvement. It's more about it's acceptance. about acceptance. Yeah. yeah. And for athletes, and yes, CrossFit is for many people the most athletic they can feel. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's a totally different thing though than being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like somebody who can feel patriotic by doing something is different than enlisting into the military and saying, I'm a this, you right, know what I mean? Right. And, and I think and, that's a really good comparison to make. Yeah. And so one of the things that I see commonly is people comparing themselves to what they were. And it's like, we're going, that's like driving through the, that's like driving, looking through the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. We want to be driving, looking through the windshield and not necessarily to compare yourself to, to who you were or what mm-hmm. you were. But like, what about the person you're going to be? What about the person you aspire to be? Mm-hmm. And again, you're going to change, hopefully. Compare yourself to that person. Right. And allow that allow that person you're going to be in one, three, five years from now to be that person at the tip of the spear that pushes you and says, hey, we're growing. Right. And I guarantee you that person who's seen some of the pitfalls and the turns up ahead will say like, look... It's okay if you're, you know, you got to take a thing, um, yeah, take and a I, break or whatever. And I think the other thing just to highlight, because one of the things that this, one of the reasons this topic is important to you is identifying the pitfalls of on, like onboarding this stuff in a vacuum, not understanding the, the whole picture. And one of those things we recently watched the, it was a documentary on like the Olympic athletes yeah. and that really like resonated with you. Um, and they were, I thought it was, we thought it was a great, you know, piece where they were pointing out, um, it was about mental health issues mm-hmm. among athletes and, but because that focus becomes so singular, um, you know, that value outside of that or what happens beyond that, or, you know, it is really, um, a, a dark side. And mm-hmm. so just for us to be careful with that putting that on a pedestal and, and taking that piece in a vacuum and saying yeah. like, because what we see is people doing that. Like I'm going to commit to the gym every day. I'm going to go to the gym twice a day. I'm going to eat like this. And to your point about like the, what, 
but in many ways, even though that is just the what, it's a slippery, it's not a healthy, that's not even a healthy what to onboard. So even when, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when we make the connections, like a rich froning and okay, like the, the what that he's doing, even though it's about the who, the what isn't really that healthy either. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, I can, no, and you know, only those willing to stand up and say, this has been my struggle will ever have a glimpse of, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and who knows? And I know I can rattle off the top of my head. There's plenty of people who would say, you guys are full of shit. What, it, with what we're saying? Yeah, with what we're saying. It's mm-hmm. not about this, it's that, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, we'll see. Um, but why would you think they would say that? Because it's... Because it's... Um, because it challenges the entire kind of entry Population. into the game. And it, it challenges yeah. the popular belief. Mm-hmm. And... Well, so then the question is, well, if we're not going to aspire to, if we're not going to look up to these people, who, who do we look up to? Yeah. You know who I look up to among others, um, single fucking parents. Like to me, and that was always something that was, that was always something that blew me away about you was like, you were essentially a single parent. Uh, during some crazy times and like that is way more impressive to me than somebody really being super selfish <laughs> and doing wow. that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that I look there's up to. There's a lot to, of people but, that, yeah. But, but my thing is, is like, well, what, what that is and it's like, you know, because you're basically a pussy if you don't go to fucking the mm-hmm. absolute extremes. And if you're not mm-hmm. trying to get better every day, 1% better every day, for fuck's sake, shut up, everybody. Mm-hmm. Shut up. It is just echo chamber talk, and it is complete fucking nonsense. And I get, I obviously get fired up when I think about that, and because I've heard people, I've heard these coaches, and it's like, do you even know what you're doing to people? And here's the thing, I'll, and I'll continue to say it especially in the CrossFit world, a lot of these people were never actually athletes. Right, right. You were never actually an athlete. And there's that element of who are you when what you do goes away? Mm -hmm. Because this is the other part. As an athlete, that is going to happen. That is how this story ends. Unless you drop dead middle of your... middle of the game. Right, you're going to have to contend with that. I was... When I was getting recruited by a bunch of colleges, I went to one of the one of the visits, and I uh, I'll never forget it because the coach that I was that was like interviewing me or you know that was recruiting me said, "So what do you want to do after school?" And I was like, "I, I don't know." I was this you know senior in col- uh, high school and hadn't thought f- further than you know the next day, and he's like, "Well." You know, the ball stops bouncing for everybody at a certain point. So you should probably start thinking about that. And this was a school that had a, you know, academic prestige and whatnot. And frankly, I didn't actually, I wasn't actually able to get in uh, because my grades weren't good enough. So that was another major wake-up call. But I was like, the ball stops bouncing for everybody. You don't think about that when you're at the height of the game. You don't think about that when you hear the noise of the crowd. You don't think about that when you're, when you're training. There's so many things that you don't think about. And 
because it's it's sobering Mm -hmm. and it's like what do you who are you when what you do goes away and (laughs) that is what we are in right now for a lot of people what they are doing fitness for example where like we know people are hurting right and people are not going to the gym and they're not doing this it's like because it was never baked into who you are you never assumed that as your identity it was just what you did right and when the opportunity to jettison that occurs because of either situations outside of your control or just the natural course of events when what you do sort of goes away then you have to express who you are and if that isn't part of you then yeah, during times of stress and crisis, you're going to prioritize the things that are important to you. Mm. So, yeah, and there's also just the mere like we've all we've experienced it. I mean, in my experience personally, and with other members or clients, like it's really sad when something that can be so positive, like fitness, it but does become this obsession in mm-hmm. not a healthy way, and it's because like that's what. That's what hard people do. That's what these tough people do. So I'm going to make this so much a part of my life. And then someone gets injured and it's becomes, it's the only thing that you really have. And now that's gone. It's really like, that should not be, that shouldn't, that's not a healthy approach. Right. And just like there's positives to the athlete's mind and negatives, there's positives to the getting better 1% every day, working hard, mm-hmm. whatever, and there's negatives to it. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like is important when, at least when I maybe get fired up and go on a little bit of a rip, I'm not saying don't try to get better. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you think that that's what I'm saying, whatever, right, you're not listening. And, and I don't think, and people who listen to this are, are they, they get that, but you know, just generally speaking, I, I, I'd be much more interested in working with someone. And after they do something like I got worse today, it's like, great. Now we can learn. Cause mm-hmm. if you're just tacking on win after win, mm-hmm. 1%, 1%, 1%, right. like you're in fucking la la land. Right. That is not life. If well, you've never experienced the dip, mm-hmm. you haven't climbed. Right. Well, be, right. Because there's inevitably like the only way you're doing that is you're shutting off certain things. And that's what I feel like personally is what's happening currently is it's like, I saw someone leaving a workout facility the other day, still panting. Okay. Like their heart rate was still like, like as if they just got off the bike. Yeah. And it made me think like, man, like there is no room for transitions. There's no stopping. There's no silence. There's no pause to be like, like, what am I doing? How's it going? People are like, going to get up. And and I experienced this for myself during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. on. I'm like baking bread, doing this, cold showers, coaching class, working out. Like, And then what? And then it all like goes very badly. It all kind of crumbles. And that's, I think, some of this. Like when you say that stuff, like the 1% better, get up at 3 a.m. Like at some point, that that's not going to work anymore. And yeah, sure, maybe Rich Froning. Maybe it does work for him. But again, to your point, like that's who he is. And if we count the number of like amazing athletes on the planet, they're like, that's, that's not the norm. That's not human. But that's, but right. But that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think that there's, there's the ideal or there's the idea of what these athletes do. Mm-hmm. And then there's the reality. 
there's what people see and then there's mostly what people don't see. And for many people, like, how can you be the rich froning of your, how can you, if you're, if we're using Rich as right, an example, right. and he's a good one because Rich is an awesome dude. How can you actually be like Rich? Because you know what Rich does too? Like, Rich loves his family. Right. He is, he prioritizes them. And that's a, one of the major reasons he has to do individually more. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's some wholesome stuff. There's, there's, um, opportunity to extract the essence of these athletes and learn and even at that you're never going to quite know right you know what i mean unless unless you're unless you know them but your point is bringing that into your own making it personal for you for you yeah yeah and and that's the thing where i get it where it's tough to do that because of the glam and the the fame the celebrity and we worship people that are you know in front of cameras and stuff um but the bigger issue is when you are no longer necessary to right. the game. Your relevance. Do yeah, you when you are value? irrelevant, who mm-hmm. are you? Right. And that is one of the things that is that has plagued me. And I have seen former teammates. I've seen people I was in the military with. I've had plenty of conversations with people who were athletes be like, yeah, life just sort of lost this luster once I stopped playing. And that is a that is a that is a reality of the athlete's mind. That is a and that is part of the curse. Mm. To get to that level, you do sacrifice so much, you do focus on so much. The reason why my suspicion and in my experience, the reason why I was dominant on the field was because I took everything personally. Mm-hmm. Well, that was very much like the Michael Jordan. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. And when he said, that, I said, fucking finally, you know, it's like, Oh, don't take things personally. It's like, mm, okay, you want to do hard shit, take everything personally in your pursuit of that. Because when it gets hard, when you are truly challenged and like, and there's like, Oh, when I, when I think about this, there's always this, this, this experience in my mind of just, and it's more so, and it's not like, you know, bombs and explosions and stuff related, but it, it was in, in the pipeline at some point. I forget where and when it was, and it might be a, you know, a com- combination of a lot of things, but there was a recurring thing of like when I had to truly dig deep mm-hmm. and when I was like, man, I'm like almost on the brink of not being sure if I can do this or not. Mm-hmm. And it is just like super hard physically, mentally, emotionally. All the bit. I found strength by taking it personally. Mm-hmm. And by finding something within that mattered to me at a personal level far greater than... The end state. Than the end state. So we've both listened to Andrew Huberman now yeah. on several podcasts. He's a neuroscientist. Yeah. He was on Joe Rogan. I listened to him recently on Rich Roll. And he said, I don't think you listened to the Ritual podcast. No, I've never. He literally said the same thing you said about, they were talking about endurance athletes and how, like, I think Ritual was saying in some of his endurance pursuits, when he is like, I don't know if I can finish this, like mm-hmm. run, whatever it is. The, the only thing that like can really, 
have them continue is remembering like what it is that's personal about this pursuit. Um, and that's really the, but I mean, what's funny is it's like the bumper sticker, like don't take it personally. I mean, I've heard that however many times, even in business. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that would be really great and convenient for some things. Don't take it personally when whatever. But the reality is like, if you're really going to excel at something, yeah, you do take all of it personally and you have to, because otherwise it's just this external thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think in many ways that's sort of like, it could be thought of like a bandaid, mm-hmm. a little bit of a numbing agent. Hey, don't take it personally. Oh, I feel better right, now. Thanks. Right. And it's like, well, that's external. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think that's one of the things with it where, where, and again, when Michael Jordan was like, and there's a meme on it now, but I was like, yes, this is exactly. And I didn't, I wish that, I mean, it doesn't matter, but I remember, and I told you, like, and I guess maybe this is a whole, maybe next week we talk about the even deeper layers mm-hmm. of it all, but like, there is absolutely a different gear that you shift into mm-hmm. when it is yeah. fucking personal. And talking about injury, and this is where I think kind of coming it all back. So the Vector Project, mm-hmm. I think. you ha- It was a nine week for anybody not listening. Nine, Nine weeks. weeks training leading up to an event, but yeah. mostly focused on the process, not just let's get to the event. Right. Which you had to find that out mm-hmm. when you signed up. Yeah. And many, so it was a 12 mile ruck into a six mile run. People did it in person, people did it remotely. That looked different for everybody, and the intent was different for everybody. But you would look at that and be like, okay, athletic event, physical event, heavy emphasis on the physical, boom, 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 right? But what you were able to discover about yourself, not because I told you anything about you, but because I don't know, through the coaching and through the exercises and through just, you know, the the programs that are between the Mm -hmm. ears, people discovered and reconnected with something within themselves that was personal, that mattered. And that is what's going to drive them forward. That's going to, that's what's going to propel them beyond the ruck and the run. Yeah. And I was talking with Omar, who finished it, um, who, who, who was part of it. And like the week of, the week of sign-up. Right. He under, broke his under had Underwent a horrible injury. And I was texting with him last night, actually. And I was like, you know, how did it help? And he's, he's back. He's cleared. Mm-hmm. It's been months, but like been working, been diligent. And one of the exercises that we did, he, he referenced, and it was like how, you know, healing was like the, the biggest goal. Right. And it's like, oh, man, like I got goosebumps. And I was smiling. I was like, told him, I was like super proud of him for doing that because, you know, like he's got a, he's got a kid now too. Right. He's got a young baby. His wife was taking a lot of the responsibility and that matters personally, especially when you're when okay when your wife just delivered. Like mm-hmm. really, it's just like you're a cheerleader. I mean, I've never obviously been involved in this process, but like you're kind of like, all right, dude. Like you don't, you're not really needed. Like she's got it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, good. I can help. I can do this. I can do that. And then boom, you're laid up. You can't even mm-hmm. you can you can't even really manage your own. You, you've got this horrible injury. Like how how are we possibly supposed to say, hey, don't take things personally? It's like, no, 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 take that shit personally and do something about it. Right. And, and that's going to be, you know, whatever. And I would imagine that most of these athletes, I mean, you look at Tia, her shift that one year yeah. when she 
barely didn't make it and like yeah. just devastation you can bet your ass she fucking took that personally and that drove her to be where she is now right i mean the vector project started from when i did we talked about it in conjunction with the half iron man i did when you really like had me look at like why are you doing this and i don't honestly remember my exact time or anything like what i remember is struggling on that run like being in fucking pain yeah and having to be like why am i fucking doing this right because like who cares i could walk like what's it gonna fucking matter yeah and i and if that was what i decided i could but um yeah so i think it's a i do think this is a big topic because there's so many places to Mm -hmm. go with it but i think it's a good it was a good follow-up to to what we talked about a couple weeks ago with the and that's the thing when we talk about this stuff, it's like, how are we still not just like all understanding the connection of the body and the mind? I'm not really sure how that's still, well, you know, we're on the, we're part of the movement. I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I, so I don't know. I don't know if that was succinct. I don't know if that was clear. I know it's not going to be the last time we talk about this uh, because there's a whole, there's, there's a deeper layer which is depression mm-hmm. that I definitely want to talk about. Yeah, I think and, that's its own thing. Yeah. But I think in the takeaway for people to really spend some time, I thought that was really good that what you said, like really looking at like the essence of the athlete and like what mm-hmm. you can, looking at the whole picture, understanding you don't probably see the whole picture and not just onboarding the what in hopes that you're going to change your who. Right. But instead like looking at you as a who. And what mm-hmm. is really important and what you're looking to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. And just let's like, if you're going to idolize <clears throat> and look up to athletes, I'm not saying not to, if you're going to idolize and look up to special operators, like I'm not going to say not to whatever that person might be Titans of business, but just, just know that what you're also inviting in there, there's some other there's things too. And when you're at, and as an athlete, as a high performer, when, yeah, when you're never, when you never accept, when you cannot accept yourself and your worth is, when you constantly destroy your own worth because that's how you're going to build yourself up to beat somebody else, tell me that's not fucking disordered. Right. Tell me that's not disordered. And then it's like the game goes away and now what? Right. Well, and you still have that mental process going yeah. on. Yeah. And so there's a lot to look into. There's a lot to dig into. Um, and we'll definitely continue the conversation, but I think that might be good yeah. for good for today so if you want to subscribe and leave a comment or a review or whatever you can do that if not you can go (laughs) (laughs) bye